Okay, so the Lydian dominant is a scale based off of the melodic minor sound. It is. Is it? Okay, yes, good. This it. is going to be another one, sort of <laughs> like the um, altered scale, it's our award-winning altered scale, where we have two different ways of looking at it, but that might help some people. It's the fourth mode of the melodic minor. So if we have our D-flat Melodian... Uh, Melodian. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we have our D-flat Lydian dominant. It's based off of an A-flat melodic minor. So in Ascending. D Ascending. Oh, my melodic. gosh. This classical right? dude. <laughs> okay. So uh, for D-flat Lydian dominant, we have D-flat, E-flat, F, G-natural. A flat, B flat, C flat, D flat. So it's just like a, a dominant scale. Wait, you just called me classical and you said C flat. Oh, because it is. Because it is. Okay. Get your mind around it, man. Uh, so here's our regular dominant scale, right? With the G flat. Yeah. So that's how I think about it. This is, uh, by the way, we're because we're in D flat, this is, I feel like we're advanced explaining right now. That's you right. Gotta, you gotta do it we're advanced explaining. Advanced we're explaining. We're both mansplaining and advanced explaining. Damn right. Okay. So. So that's our regular dominant scale. Our Lydian dominant, we just sharp that four, so we have a, a G natural here, as you so eloquently just played. Now, would you normally hear, because actually what, what came out of the altered scale discussion in episode, I think, that was great, was the different ways we think about it, the different ways that we hear that scale and sound, yeah. and then different ways that we that that leads to us applying it in improvised situations, which yeah. is so cool because that's we're not learning these so that, so that we can have a theoretical mastery of it. We're not theory professors. Right. Um, it might seem like we are. But but we, we, we really want to try to help connect you guys with different approaches to applying this to your improv, right? Yeah, that's right. And so, like, would you normally hear this as more of a Lydian scale with a dominant seventh or a dominant seventh scale with a raised fourth? I think of this as a dominant seven with a sharp eleven. Me that's, too. That's the first way I think about it. Good. Yeah. So, but no. Well, the first way you said was a melodic minor starting on. That's what is. That's what it's derived from. Okay. But you'll most often use this in the case of like again, if we're in the key of D flat here, or I guess G flat. Uh, D flat seven sharp yeah. eleven. This is the chord symbol you might say. D flat seven sharp eleven. Yeah. And that to me implies a Lydian dominant scale. Yeah. Right. Yep. So the first usage of this is actually as a dominant scale. I feel like this gets slept on a lot um, by people for using it as a dominant scale going to a one. So again, D flat seven sharp eleven to G flat major six nine here. It's a great way. Like it's kind of like your first step into adding some tension yeah. to your dominant scale. It's a slight tension. Right. Uh, pretty light tension. It's pretty light, but it does have that. Right, which is a yeah. nice leading tone towards the nine of the major. It's almost like it's Thanksgiving dinner. Everyone's sitting down. You got all the relatives. You got Uncle Bob and Auntie Susie, and everything is just straight, no tension. And then there's just a little bit, which is like, so who are you supporting in the presidential election this year? Ooh, just a little <laughs> oh, tension. Oh, Uncle Bob <laughs> is adding some tension. Let's see what Aunt Kathy has to say. Yeah, you haven't fully blurted it out yet, but right. So um, yeah, that's great. Um, that's sort of level one is like your five one. You can use it as sort of your first step into altering a dominant chord. Like a, I like it because it's it's not as like sharp or as heavy as say if we were using an altered, dom like a like a fully altered you know, kind of sound. Yeah, it's it's not that thick. It's not that 
that dark, right? right. It's more playful. Yeah. Can I jump ahead to maybe what is not level two? Might be a higher level, but I think it's an interesting one. Sure. Would be um, this is a funny way to think about it, but melodically, I would use this a lot. Um, B major seven with a raised fifth, and then also up to the eleventh. I mean, to the ninth. What? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, you know, we talk about the jazz arpeggio, right? Right. Which is one, three, five, seven, nine. Right. I mean, like over like a C seven, it would just be C E G uh, B flat D, but it could be anything. Or it's just a one, a three, a five, and a seven, and a nine. Right. And so, like that shape, because. Oh, I see what you're saying. I use that so much. Uh, so a lot of times I'll hear things melodically. You're saying it's like an arpeggio on, device. It's an arpeggio yeah. device, right? So you're not buying it, are you? No, I am buying it because you know when we talked about even like a... yeah, 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 that kind of thing. No, when we talked about the altered scale, I use that shape, and that applies here as as this is an A flat, you know, um, melodic minor. It could be a G seven altered. It could be a D flat seven sharp eleven. Yeah. Yeah, that shape, it's a very similar thing. That just and arpeggiating the the, the the main chunks of the chord. You think of it like it would is a B arpeggio. That's interesting. Yeah, and it's it's more like kind of hearing it because the thing with arpeggiating it like this and then moving up, it's kind of the natural way you would move up you know, as part of your line. Man, you really went in the weeds on this early. I, I did. I know. That's why I said I'm <laughs> skipping ahead a couple. But you also, know, YouTube's a fickle crowd. If you don't oh, get yeah. to it pretty early, they're like, bam. You know? But again, it's more even more in the weeds because it's like we're using D flat. So you said B arpeggio. <laughs> it's really C flat. You know what I mean? Oh, come on, I man. Know. I know. But but also, I like the arpeggiated concept, and especially the jazz arpeggiated concept with the seventh and the ninth, because that reveals to your ears more than anything um, triad pairs. You know, because this was a term I didn't even know what that meant until recently. Yeah. I never really thought about it, but I was always hearing those kind of things. Triads being, you know, some of the most um, kind of dom not dominant as in a dominant scale, but just dominant sounding elements to how we put together melodic improvisation. We'll get there. We'll get there. Let's still let's go over more of the functions of the Lydian dominant. Ways okay. you can use okay. it. Ways that it's mostly used. So we're going to do this two steps ahead? One step back. Two steps ahead? Well, I like it. Well, let's just try to let's just try to go stepwise. Good. Let's try to do that first. Hey, I'm a little jacked up on my my green <laughs> smoothie here, man. So the most common way you'll use that. Like like I said, you don't sleep on using it as an alteration for a 5 chord. But the most common way that that most jazz musicians use Lydian dominants is for something like a five of five for, uh, you know, a dominant chord, a secondary dominant chord, uh, to make it a, a little bit more airy, a little bit less of a gravity like a a tonic dominant or a or a dominant dominant. Yeah, five so of five. So in, in the in the context of a tune, if we take a tune like "Our Love Is Here to Stay," so that first chord, right, that G seven in yep. the key of F, we're in the key of F. We're gonna get out of key of C flat. Okay. In the key of F, we have a G7. Now this is a perfect opportunity where you can use uh, the Lydian dominant. That it's uh, based off of the D melodic minor, but it's that raised fourth yeah. dominant scale on on G. Um, we had some listeners from our. And just just you know that. F major uh, raised fifth major exactly. seven. Not a preggio you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That that sound is is really 
what what you hear a lot of jazz musicians going for. And then from there, you can go to the five. So it yeah. works great as a scale to use over a five of five. A five of five being like in a two, five, one, making the two instead of Dorian, yeah. like a dominant. And you would use that Lydian dominant more often than you would use just a straight mixolydian. Yeah, and I love that the way that you've explained it on this tune because the, the five of five or, you know, the two in this case, it almost... You can see how it works better by how this sounds. If you, like if you go to the five, that's okay, but it doesn't really, yeah. even though it leads up to that nicely. I don't know. It just works better here. You've got choices on the five. You can go yep. you know, with, with some other alterations, or you can go kind of sus and then, you well, know. What sounds really good, which you'll hear in a lot of like string arrangements or whatever, is when you have this Lydian dominant on the two, right? You have this A arpeggio on the top. And then when yeah. you go to the five, you do an altered thing. Yep. Right? So the A arpeggio on top becomes an A flat. Yep. You know? Love it. Uh, so the next level of using a Lydian dominant is, again, on a secondary dominant context, but it's really on what we're going to call a, a cycle of dominance. Uh, think the bridge to rhythm changes, yeah. right? Where we have D7, G7, C7, and then F7. I'll That's a perfect time to dominate your Lydian dominant. Yeah, so there's a couple of ways that you can use the diminished scale. The first way, and the, wait, I, I thought we were talking about what the hell it is, not the not the how the hell do we use it. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> it, it's an octatonic scale. It's an eight note scale, right? Okay, um, and it's a what per, is octaton? Oh, eight note eight scale. note scale. Yeah, I just I, I, know. I demonstrated what it was. So, okay. uh, but to get even further, so it's it's a very symmetrical scale. The way that we're going to start. Uh, by talking about it is what we call the half whole diminished scale. And the reason why it's called that is because it's a series of half steps and then whole steps. And then it just repeats that pattern until it, until it goes back to the start. So if we're starting in C, it's C, D flat, E flat, E natural, F sharp, G, A, B flat, C. And, and the eight part, the eight note part of the scale, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and then the ninth is you're repeating the octave. Right. And so if we were to then to start this on D flat, it's not it's not that. That would be a whole half. Right. It's a whole different scale. Same intervals. Right. Half note or half step, whole step, half step, whole step until it repeats. And then it does it one more time with D. Yep. Right. And then that's it. Because once it gets to E flat. It's the same pattern as it was in C. It's in fact the same notes. It's diatonically the same. The same exactly the same notes. Yeah. And so if you take the keys that were in here, it creates a diminished chord. If you skip a note. Now we have this diminished seventh chord. Yeah. But C, do not e diminish flat, the value of that chord. F sharp A, right? Please. So the sound is the most important part. And it sounds very ambiguous. It sounds yes. like it's not... On solid ground, this chord. It is not. It, it's transitional. It's it's the part of your story when you know you're leading to something else, but you've got some choices, but you want to kind of leave a little bit of suspension with the audience. I mean, like this is the actual usage of it, but this is also the sound of the thing. That's right. That's why I used to old school like '70s television be a lot of right. You know, like going to the commercial break. That that was unresolved. It was right. unresolved. It's got that sound built into it. So, the chord and the scale even more so. Because you've got all those different possibilities that are within that half hole diminished. So in improvised music, we use the diminished scale as a a 
system of tension. Yeah. And we do this most often actually not on a diminished chord, but most often we do this on a dominant seven chord. With alterations. That's exactly what we were doing in the intro. We were doing a C7 flat nine sharp 11, or I think I played this voicing, C, E, F sharp, B flat. I don't know what you were playing, but it's really a C7 13 because the A natural is in there yep. with a sharp 11 and a flat nine sharp nine. Yeah. So that that doesn't really matter. That, that sounds more complicated than what it actually is. If you know this scale, you can use this. So say if we're, if we're going to F and we have what is commonly referred to as a 2-5-1 cadence... Oh. Right over this C7. Ah. Right, we can use that to resolve down the F. It sounds It's almost like a great. bunch of like kind of leading tones. Exactly. It's a series of leading tones, yep. as a matter of fact. Yep. Like it it it's endless the uses of the scale as a tension builder to release later. And that's all built into the scale. So yeah. when you and that's even just playing it as a scale. Which is how we almost never play it. Exactly. That's the funny <laughs> thing about it. So now we know what it is. And just to kind of reiterate um, that there's three of these. I think, you know, this is something that's not, it's it's commonly understood, but you have to really think about how you're going to apply this to your playing and to your learning and, and really internalizing the scale to have success with it. Yeah. Like there are literally just three of these scales that you need to learn. And by learn, I mean, if you're a pianist, really getting them to your hands, if you're a trumpet, getting the finger, you know, for your particular instrument to really know them. But you want to be able to hear when it starts to repeat. So the C half whole. You want to think about hearing it. Right. You know, that same diminished pattern or diminished, fully diminished mm -hmm. chord. So that when you start here, you're hearing that same, because it is a symmetrical octatonic type of scale, yeah. um, that you're hearing those same intervals as you move through that on the micro and the macro level. And one thing that un unlocked this for me on seventh, on dominant seventh chords, and I've since shared this with some of our open studio students, and they were uh, very enthusiastic about a light bulb moment for them, is you can think about this. In jazz, we have what's called the tritone substitution, right? So if I have a C7 chord, uh, you can substitute that with the, the 7 chord from a tritone away, in this yep. case, G flat. Right, which is like a half-step movement to our, yep. our F chord, right? So I like to think about this uh, as sometimes as a C7 going down and then a G flat 7 going down. Right, so it's like the f the top half of a C seven and yeah. the top half of its tritone sub G flat seven. I like it. That to me, uh, growing up with tritone subs, just unlocked how easy this could be. Well, and that's and that's the 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 magic of an eight note scale compared to all the seven note scales that we learn and all the modes of the major scale. Yeah, is how this can interplay with rhythm because you've got two, three, four. Right. One, two, three, four, and then you're right there. Whereas if you're doing even like an alter scale, which would kind of yeah. work good, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, and now you're already into the next octave, you know, and it's fine. Yeah. But it, but it's just a, a different kind of usage. So, and and I the thing I like to do with that, and I love that too. I used to kind of hear it like that. I never thought about it, and when you mention it, that C seven, F sharp seven. That really started to make sense in terms of the construction of dominant scales and how they apply right. to this half hole because that's really the function of what we're using it over that kind of chord. So it makes sense. You exactly know? right, and that way you can use it for any for any tritone sub. 
Like it works on the F sharp seven or G flat seven just as well as it does on C seven. Yeah, and another cool thing about that going through. So if you think about the C seven, F sharp seven, you can also think about right all the way. So C seven, E flat seven, F sharp. Yep. A. We're playing this exactly. A. Great minds think alike. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But and then that these are kind of the most basic ways we're doing it. The actual function of it, well, the, the, the usage of it is a lot of time. Ah. Same kind of cluster of notes. Right. And we love to look at clusters on the piano. Right. But how are you going to mix it? Take a shape and turn it into some music instead of just a scale. So now you're getting into the real advantage of the diminished scale, and that's shapes. Because it's symmetrical. What the hell is the real advantage of a diminished scale? The hell it is. It's uh, it's these symmetrical shapes. Because this scale is broken up into four equal parts, essentially, yeah. there's four different... If you find a shape that fits those notes, you can take it up or down in minor thirds, and it'll work. Like, I think on our intro, I was playing something that I love to play over this, which is like... It's like a major and minor triad, right? So uh, here I have an A, major triad, and minor triad, right? So I have C sharp, C, A, E. Yep. And it's that it's four note set like we were doing before, which is nice. I can move this then down in minor third. So here's the A, now F sharp, which is A sharp, A natural, F sharp, C. Then E flat. Yep. And then C itself. Yep. Like those four note shapes are so easily moved around. And then all, as always, that you were starting to play around with this, you know, yeah. like just change up the order. Then you're going to get in, into some places. So you're not just running from, from totally. top to bottom. It's endless. Like you can, you can do like whatever, yeah. like whatever you, you want to make of those shapes. But I think as pianists, especially the shape thing can unlock this because yeah. once you sort of get that in that mode of minor thirds, yeah. you find these shapes that work in the scale and you can literally just start practicing transposing them up and down in minor thirds. And just to show how much the rhythm matters, these are you know, these are all kind of examples of four note, two two plus two, four note rhythmic things that would be sixteenth notes, eighth notes, whatever. Um, when you start to play with three note, whether it's triplets or still layered over the eighth yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Broken fifths. Yeah. Or and combining them and stuff, the the diminished scale really shines there too as well, especially over this half hole. Okay, so you're gonna start on C. Yeah. Okay. And then you're gonna go. Good place to start. The way I like to think about it, and I think this is where I learned it because I remember hearing it, but I didn't know the name of it. But it was like a diminished scale, all the way up to here. Did you know that? Yeah, I could see that. Oh, now you see it. I just now don't you think see about it, it like well, that. Well, so you know this will be good. I'm going to say the way I see it, and yeah. you're going to say, and then what it is is for those of you But that it's not a diminished scale. It is not. It yeah. starts like a diminished scale. But that's kind of easy because, you know, it's got those same alterations that a diminished scale would have. Mm -hmm. Flat nine, sharp nine, yeah. and, it's, and the third. It's a major scale, if you will, dominant major scale. So you've got half step, whole step, half step. And then I actually like to think about it from that point on as a whole tone scale. Yeah, I see that too. Man, you're looking like you never thought about it this way, which is great because 
the cool thing about any scale is like pick the way that it makes sense to you. There's no one right way. We are not theory nerds here. So how do we use this? How do you use this mostly in your playing? Like where, oh, no. where do you put in the altered <laughs> Well, scale? this is such a transitional thing like we were demonstrating at the beginning. It's, it's unstable, but it's leading somewhere. Um, I think the obvious place is probably to a minor, but it's certainly not the only. Yeah, that's how I think of it, too. It's a great alter Five dominant to going to a minor chord. Yeah. So here, the C7 alter leads it's, to... It, yeah, sorry, go ahead. It could lead to an F minor. To an F minor, right. Yeah. And I think the thing you mentioned before about the G flat um, structurally being like the G flat 13 sharp 11. Yeah. Same thing, slide down. So like an F minor 11 totally. vibe. Totally. Now, you can use it to a major. It doesn't sound bad uh, to a major, you know what I mean? Right, right. It's yeah. kind of a, a little bit more of a dramatic sound, a, it's a little bit so surprising. further out from a major, right? right. It has that A flat, yep. the, C, the C7 alt, and that G flat, yep. as opposed to like the half hole, which has an A natural, which right. is why that leads more, I think, comfortably yep. to a major. Yeah, and so I think it's more usage if you want it to be a little bit unexpected or a little more of a traditional. One thing to think about with this scale in general is it's got more tension, I would say. Uh, Again, depending on how you use it, but if you, if everything else is kind of the same, yeah. I would say it has more tension leading to a major mm -hmm. than a than a diminished half hole would be leading to a major. So, in other words, if you've got, uh, as opposed, to, yeah, 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 because you have less tones, you have less scale tones in common with the tonic that you're going to actually. That's right. That's because. Right. You know, Whereas the, whereas the diminished has that, that uh, what is that, the fifth going becomes the ninth, but, it, but it's not in that. No, Which is good. cool. So that, and that's kind of, part, kind of why you can decide. And, you know, if you have like a C13 sharp 11, which I always think of that, the, the Vince Guaraldi, yeah, yeah. that yeah, person, yeah. he loves yeah, that yeah. chord. That's not where you would use this. Because no, because the A natural. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about some common ways that you can play over this. Like, this is a perfect example of a scale that I don't really play it in a linear way at all, like just straight. No. It sounds kind of weird to me no. like that. So I think one of the most common ways, like how I got into it, was this kind of thing. Yeah. Right, that lick there. Again, in C7, E flat, C, A flat, E natural. That's, you know? And that's really that, that second part of that diminish, uh, the, um, jazz arpeggio of the D-flat minor major 7. Right. Again, the D-flat right. melodic minor harmony. And then another variation, I thought that's what you played at first, would be... Right. To a, a, to a B-flat instead oh, right, of a right. C. Right, right, right. You could also do D-flat. Yeah. Like, those, those all sound pretty good. The, the thing about the E-flat, the e C, A-flat, E natural is... Now we have a D flat minor major uh, broken chord, yeah, yep. nine, and you can actually this. I think this scale works really well in seventh chords. Yeah, yeah. broken sevens. Broken seven. Yeah, yeah. So I do recommend practicing. Like if you start on the on the root of this on C, you get immediately you get a C minor seven flat five. Right. And then you get after that you get that D flat melodic minor. Yeah. You get some really interesting note combinations as you work your way up. I think that's a great way to start. And I, then I you agree. get that 
that lick that we were talking about. Yep, yeah. And then remember when you're doing the seventh, and look, if you're kind of new to this, start with broken thirds, mm -hmm. and then maybe broken fifths, mm -hmm. yep. and then broken sevenths. But for all those, you're going to want to think about, I think as soon as you kind of get them in your fingers, you know, no matter what instrument you play, guitar, whatever, singing, is uh, to break them up as you're learning it so you don't get too locked into. So in other words. Oh, yeah, yeah. Different patterns with those four right. notes. Totally. Because it gets, it forces your brain, it forces really your ears to hear. See, because you hear before you oh, feel. Yeah. Come on now. And then it can get quite advanced quite quickly. That's right. Well, you know, if you want to simplify it, you know what you can do. But those Whoa. are actually things you could use. That's not simplifying it. No. But if you wanted to, what's the name um, of the episode? Advanced. Advanced. Yeah. Well, well, I think pretty much all the uh, applications of the altered scale are fairly advanced That's true. at this point. Uh, one of the things that, that works really well are, are triad pairs on this. Specifically, again, on the C7, we have the G flat yeah. and the A flat. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and then you've also got... That really locks in that altered sound to me. Yeah, yeah. And then if you th think about... Some of the... Um, like an, an E augmented, which is really any of the A flat, E, or C. Yep. And then with the F sharp, that works nicely. That's a great triad pair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the F sharp major, you mean? Yep. Yeah, F -sharp yeah, yeah. Major, oh, that's e, so nice. E yeah, so E, uh, E, A flat, C, and then G flat, B flat, D flat. If I'm consistent. Ooh, that's good. That's yeah. so good. Uh, but, but back to that A flat, G flat. One one thing that I think for piano specific things. Yeah, yeah. Or even to the major. You hear that all the time. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. That's an A flat triad going to a G G flat triad. Oop. Going to that F. Good voice leading, a lot of tension, but great resolution. Awesome. So you mentioned something before, which I would I would agree with, and I think kind of would be borne out in the way that a lot of people play. Not a lot of, you know, just straight scale playing on this. But one thing that I'll do is let's, let's get away from C. I'm tired of C. Yeah, well, I mean, agreed. Cool, agreed. Um so if we go to D of a little flurry. I call them flurries because it's worth your time. Here. I know what you're doing. Here. Yeah. So you're skipping some notes. It's a little bit of a shape. I did some of this in the 30 day. I yeah. did one of these at least in the 30 day all keys challenge. Yeah, yeah. And it was very challenging. I realized how much I rely on sort of patterns in certain keys, but obviously they work in all keys. They just feel awkward if you haven't done them. So what he's talking about specifically is on the piano, there are keys that fit really nicely, like this thing yeah. in D with the uh, E flat. Uh, melodic minor or the, the D altered scale. And pattern. I'm just skipping one note, actually. But it's kind of where you start, too, you know. Are you just giving the A flat? That's the only one, exactly. It just rolls off the, the piano yeah. hand super nicely. And it's not necessarily... It's not actually any easier than just playing the scale, but... There's something about skipping that note. It does, Turning yeah. it into a six-note thing, it makes yeah. it even... Even, even if you kind of you know mix it up and go back or whatever, that's the general pattern. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's great. 